Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Business of Design episode 84 and we have something really fun planned today. At least it's fun for me because I get to hang around with one of my favorite people in the whole world. She's an interior design professional, decorator, and a faux finisher, but so much more than that. Beth Halstead is someone I rely on to be a pinnacle in my A-team. Those professionals who always make me look good on every project. And in fact, when it gets to the point on a job site where I think the client's getting just a little bit annoyed with me, I typically send Beth in to work her magic and they come back saying nothing but glowing things about how wonderful Beth is and then somehow I subtly remind them that yeah, remember, I'm the conduit to Beth so be nice to me Um, and that's only partially a joke Beth, you are so wonderful I'm so happy you're willing to do this today well, thank you for inviting me spontaneously while I'm doing your touch-ups. Yeah, yeah. we're on the job site. I'm like, wait, come over here. I've got a microphone. We can do it right now. It's so hard to book people. So this is just beautiful how this worked out. And no sleepless night worrying about being nervous. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The name of your company is? The Art Studio of Halstead & Company. Oh, the Art Studio of Halstead & Company. I don't think I know that. I know, and who's keeping me company, right? <laughs> I know who's keeping you company. I know exactly who's keeping you company, and there's a few of them are furry. Quite a few furry. How, how many dogs do you have? Just four. Just four. Just there's four. always room for two more. They are so beautiful. Australian, why can't I talk? Australian shepherds. Australian shepherds. I wasn't even trying to do it with an, an accent, just English. Seems to, seems to be hard for me. Okay, so in your company, yes. you are a decorative artist what are the types of things that you do for clients Uh, we do different types of um, leafing silver gold copper leafing custom staining plaster finishes um, all of the decorative paint finishes we make things look new we make things look old whatever clients want us to do with paint I'm I'm quite happy to do. And many of your clients are designers. Yes. A lot of my clients are designers, architects, sometimes landscape architects. Very cool. Very cool. So if you're in the greater Toronto area and you need someone who can do just about any finish in the whole world and who will make you look good on every job site, you're going to phone Beth Halstead. Her contact information will be in our show notes at Business of Design. Um, and before we launch into the episode, I th- well, there's a couple things. First of all, I thought of you when I thought of talking about woohoo feely stuff. Um, so that would be things that are really important to me. I'm a native of Los Angeles, so big shock that I'm all woohoo feely. Um, uh, integrity, balance, uh, commitment, intention, love, honor, respect, all of those woohoo feely good things. And we're going to have that conversation. And at the end of that conversation, I'm also going to ask you about the experience of working with other designers. Fantastic. Before we jump into the episode, just a couple of fast announcements. 
Uh, coming up, we have a couple of coaching sessions. For those of you who attended the Palm Springs Elite Retreat with Business of Design, good for you. We've got some private coaching sessions just for that group. We have one tomorrow, which is October 30th, and we have another one November 27th. Also, for premium members, and a premium member is someone who has a membership that is annual or monthly. We also have free memberships, so definitely businessofdesign.com is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about how to strategically run your business. But on November 29th in Malibu, California, we will be hosting an event alongside Carly Waters. Actually, Carly is hosting. We are showing up, and it is for premium monthly and annual members only. We will be recording a podcast, but we will also be recording some course content for Business of Design. We've got a lot of new courses launching in the new year. A price hike is coming up. We haven't given ourselves a raise in years, and we are excited about all the new offerings that are coming your way. I want to also mention as part of membership, we have a variety of courses that will give you your CEU credits. In fact, in a single afternoon, you could cover yourself for two or three years. So businessofdesign.com, we're not just a pretty face. (laughs) There's content that you need. And now, back to the show. Listen in as decorative artist and obviously a great friend of mine, Beth Halstead, and I are going to talk about some of the woo-woo business attributes we think really can make a difference in your personal life and in your business life. Uh, We're going to talk about equilibrium and balance. We're going to talk about integrity. We're going to talk about setting intentions. We're going to talk about self-reflection, otherwise known as inventory in business of design language. Uh, All of these things can make an enormous difference to your personal level of satisfaction. So let's get back to the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Beth Halstead, one of my favorite people in the whole world, and you were the very first person I thought of when it was time to talk about all those woohoo, feely, good things that are important to serious business owners, like integrity, like... (laughs) bravery, like asking for the job. And thank you so much for taking time to do this. No problem. It's a little (laughs) problem because I grabbed you off a job site. So Beth is here. She's ready to paint. I'm like, wait a minute. Let's just quickly, we can quickly just do a podcast um, because you're the perfect person to talk about these things. And I tell a story often, and it's in volume one, I think, of the book, where years ago I was on a job site and it was three o'clock and you were packing up to leave. And I was shocked because you weren't (laughs) done and you were going to yoga and tell everybody why you do that. So... 
it's very important to me to try and live a balanced lifestyle, to try to fully enjoy my work and my play and whatever getting balanced means. And for me, when I set out my schedule for the week, I put in those important grounding things first because everyone knows if you wait to have leftover time to sleep, to go to the park, to do yoga, it'll just never show up. So a long time ago, I started scheduling in those important things first, and then work goes in between that. And what I found is I was a lot more effective at work, and I got a lot more done. And um, yeah, just turned up my self-care and my ability to show up at a job site, be pleasant and delightful within myself as well, for the most part with uh, the clients that I'm working with and enjoying my job increased. So, And how do you handle it when a client or the designer who's hired you, as was the case many years ago when I luckily found you and started working with you, how do you handle it when they say three o'clock, you're leaving at three o'clock? Yeah. Well, not to sound manipulative, but you know, it's interesting how quickly you can train your clients. And so I don't work or answer the phone after 4.30. I'm 100% available to my clients from 8.30 to 4.30 every day. I don't go to job sites anymore on Fridays. I will do a little bit of work on Fridays, but mostly that's a day to connect with myself so I can be, again, present with my partner and the important people in my life on the weekends. And I just, you know, I think... I think the most important thing is just being really upfront and clear so that you can manage people's expectations. So I let people know in advance what I have to offer, and then they don't really push the limits. Or if they do, I don't respond because, of course, responding to emails at 8 o'clock at night just um, creates more emails. It does. <laughs> and I've seen you handle that very situation so graciously, and I admire that about you, and I have I've implemented some of that in my life, thanks to you. But, for example, you're a bit cheeky sometimes, too, with clients, and I do remember a situation <laughs> where you told the client, do you want cranky, tired Beth to finish your photo finish, or do you want happy, rested, joy-filled Beth to show up and finish your uh, decorative finish? Well, you know, if you wear ripped paint pants, you can get away with a lot more <laughs> than a designer can in their fancy clothes sometimes. You know, another thing that I found was really important uh, as managing clients' expectations is being upfront about timing. So there's an assumption, of course, that uh, we have design emergencies in North America, uh, perhaps in Europe too. And people will call and say, I need you tomorrow, last week, next week. And uh, knowing that, being in the business now over 25 years, when I'm going on a trip, which is legitimate to me in my life, and um, it feels like self-care in a different department, I call people in advance and let them know I'm not available that week. I don't share my details. I don't need to know their opinions about my details, but I say I'm booked that week. So I just want to give you an upfront that if you need me, I'm available between A and B. And there's never been a problem with that either. And it allowed for me to do a lot of traveling at a very young age in my career. So you prepare them for the fact that there are these weeks that you're going to be gone and you're going to be, and you don't fill in the blank for them. You don't say I'm going on vacation. Why should you? It's your time. Yeah, and it's incredible because in that situation, then clients take on some responsibility also. You know, they um, it, it, I've told them I'm, I'm available between this date and this date. If they don't call, they're aware that, you know, they missed out on their part of the program, which was to let me know in advance. And then they'll wait. I have heard this expression, and I don't know who the originator of it is, but your lack of planning does not constitute my crisis. Wow. So often in interior design, a client will phone and say, I need this done because we're having a party. And it's a crisis. And 
I always thought that was then my problem. They passed <laughs> that little crisis ball to me, and I carried it over the um, what's what's the football metaphor? Fifty yard line, hundred sure. yard goal, <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, you know, once you start a metaphor, you kind of have to finish it. So I started with the metaphor of the ball. Clearly, I'm no sports addict, that's for sure. But anyway, uh, once they handed me that bundle of crisis, I thought my only job was to say, yes, I can handle it. And I did that for many years and it really, really burnt me out. Right. Yeah. I find, I mean, to be a hundred percent upfront, I find I can tend towards that in my personal life. So now I've done a lot of work in my business life to not have that knee jerk reaction. It's a good example to my, within myself to look at how do you manage yourself in business? Is that are those the same rules and guidelines you're using in your personal life? Because that might be why something's not working out in a particular circumstance. It's if you've, you're kind of sleezing on your own rules, you know, which can lead to problems. Uh, that thing that you're talking about, about handing on the crisis, I refer to that as the, um, the roller coaster ride. And my clients go, as I'm sure yours do, many do, go on roller coaster rides. It's a big change having things changed in your home or your office, or there's commitments of money. There's a lot going on, and people have big lives and busy lives. Um, but I don't need to go up and down the roller coaster with them. So I had a client that for years would um, en- enlist my services, didn't care about the price up front, but then when I gave the invoice, would have a panic attack. Right. And I'd say, do you want me to invoice you more frequently? Would that be more comfortable for you? No, 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 I'm good. And again, same result as I would give an invoice every two weeks and ah, uh, turns out we had a conversation, which I really uh, give her credit for being so upfront and honest, that she had a father who was a gambling addict. Mm. So they had everything, then they had nothing. Right. So she has beautiful things in her home, and they have money in the bank account, but when she sees the money slipping out, a little panic switch goes off for her. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have these conversations with all of our clients, but with some of them, I have that um, that openness and and it's lovely and helpful for me as a human being as well as a person in my career. And I said to her, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you your invoice on a Friday and I don't want you to have a conversation with me until the following Friday. That meant waiting a week for my check. But what I found is in that waiting period, which was what I was always waiting to get a check anyway, I didn't go up and down with her by the following Friday. And I said, I don't feel that you appreciate the service that I'm doing for you. And I don't get to get the good, warm fuzzies about the job I'm providing for you when you just complain about the money aspect. Right. So if you want to do it, I want you to pay me joyfully. And if that takes a week, no problem. I'll wait. Right. And it was fine. It settled it. And like, she kind of giggled because she know. of course we know ourselves, we know our shortcomings and to share those shortcomings when we can out there in the real world is, uh, is a relief. It's such a good reminder that we label people because of the way they react. Oh, she's cheap. She doesn't want to pay when that isn't really what's going on. So it's such a good reminder to remember that our clients are human beings and they have a story like you have a story and I have a story. I have so many default buttons. Mm. There's hardly room in the panel for any more. Um, so I can be generous when a client has an issue like that and have a conversation. And sometimes I find if I'm vulnerable with the clients, they can then be more vulnerable with me. If I share a bit of myself with them, sometimes they can share a bit of themselves with me. 
Yeah, I think that you're totally right about that. Someone, um, a mentor that I'm speaking with now on a regular basis has reminded me that those shortcomings or buttons or thin skin or however you want to phrase it is actually a gift and it rarely feels like that with myself. I don't know how you feel, but I'm like, it feels like a curse to me. Um, But it has allowed me to be more feeling with other people because being sensitive, I'm aware of other people's sensitivities. That doesn't mean I sometimes don't step on other people too um, unconsciously, but (laughs) I'm a little bit more aware. And when I have a conversation with someone, even if it's straight, like I did with that client, I can have it lovingly. Right. um, Where we both end up having a giggle and a hug at the end of it. And we've got something, we walk away with something new, which is the most important thing, right? In a problem, if you're going to continue with relationships and sometimes work relationships are ongoing and sometimes they're short term, but if they're going to be ongoing, eventually you will come up with a crisis, a problem, a challenge, and the ability to work through that and get to a new place is awesome. Wow. Yeah. I thank you for that. Yeah, I, you're somebody who I've admired forever, and I'm so lucky you've become a friend because we started working together. I think around 1992 or three. And incredible, I, we both look so young still. I know. I haven't aged you. But I've learned so much from you in terms of how straightforward you are with clients. Like I've seen you give clients very stern boundaries. No, I'm not going to tackle that today, even though that's what you want me to tackle today. Um, So you mentioned being sensitive, and I immediately thought about a female problem, I think sometimes, is that we feel so much, and we're so sensitive, and yet we have to run a business in the real world. So we have to have that duality, right? We don't want to be a robot and not have empathy. On the other hand, sometimes we have to put down firm boundaries for our clients to follow the rules in order for everybody to succeed. Right. Yeah, I find uh, it easier. It's way easier for me at work. I struggle with that more in my in my personal relationships. But at work, it's easier for me. I had a father. I still have a father. Um, my father um, had his own business. And so the conversation at dinner every night was about money, was about business, was about the challenges of business, uh, the highs and the lows. And I'm so grateful for those conversations mm-hmm. that were going on while I was shoveling in my mashed potatoes because I learned a lot and didn't really realize it. And to be able to make those boundaries with my clients um, makes a difference, not only in how my work life is going, but as I said before, it's teaching me things for my own personal life. But yeah, I think, you know, another challenge that can show up uh, with our family life is that to go out into the world and have your own business as a woman, this is just my opinion, and maybe it's just about our field, but I don't, I don't think that it's true. Um, You have to put on the pants You know, you have to take on more, and we all have feminine and masculine aspects to us, of course, but you have to take on a more masculine role to go out there and be a stand for yourself, to to ask for what you're worth. That's another difficult thing, I think, particularly for, for women. And once you've stated what you're worth, to collect it. That's your money. It's out there floating around. It's yours. You own it. Go get it. And that can be obviously difficult for people too to follow up and they kind of get hummy high mashed potato-y themselves and never mind I just won't ask Um, but to go and do all of that and then come home and come back into your feminine aspect in a in a more complete full way so we can be mothers pet owners spouses 
whatever. Uh, I think that's, I mean, this is getting a little bit more into personal lives, but I think it's, it's a challenging dynamic. Well, business is personal, isn't it? If you wanted to have balance, you would have to spend as much time in self-care as you do at the office, which oh really gosh. is, right? I think what we're looking for is equilibrium because equilibrium does not mean equal, equal parts of all things. It means they weigh out. Yeah. They, they balance out in the, in the end. So the fact of the matter is, I wonder if a couple generations from now, a female and male will be characteristics that aren't about a male anatomy and a female anatomy, but rather these, you know, general behavioral observations. And you're right, we, we all have feminine and masculine traits. And I think we get into trouble if you're, too, if you're weighted too far in either direction, right? Too far in either. And if, for a female, it can mean um, being uh, too intimidated to ask for what you need, having trouble collecting money, mm-hmm. being overly sensitive. And for a male, it can mean a lack of empathy. It can be dictatorial. So you are looking for a balance. Heavy on the qualities. dick part of the dictatorial. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we promised we were going to talk about woohoo, feel good uh, stuff. And we did touch on balance. And we, we haven't really touched on integrity. That's something else I really admire about you. And I've learned a lot from you in terms of having conversations with clients when things don't go well and how you lead into that conversation with clients, often setting your intentions. Um, you know, this challenging situation is happening. Let's make up a client named Diana. And I, I honor and respect you. And I want to make sure that you're happy before I'm finished. So I don't necessarily have a solution, but I have some ideas on things that might be a solution. So can you think of a job situation where you really had to pull out your integrity and set intentions to solve a problem? Hmm. Well, okay, first of all, I think you give me way too much credit because I feel like I learn constantly from watching, you know, when we're on job sites and you have those conversations with clients, you know, it looks like I'm painting, but I'm listening to you and I'm (laughs) learning things all the time. And I think you do that beautifully. So, okay, there's a a woohoo moment. (laughs) We're hugging right now. Um, (laughs) But I would say, wow. That's very female, by the way. Neither one of us is accepting. I have total integrity, but I'm just saying, I, I mean, I, ha- I do my best to have integrity. And I think we all have slippery, slippery moments or moments where we justify behavior where it's difficult. But, you know, I have this cartoon, this little animated cartoon that hangs in my studio that I, I got from a client's house. It was on their cork board and I think a kid in grade three in their house came home with it. And it's a little boy standing with a baseball in his hand and there's a shattered window in front of him. And, he, you know, and it says something like integrity um, is, you know, taking care of your responsibility or your end of the deal when nobody's looking. Right. And I said, could I have three copies of that? And not like I'm so challenged about integrity, but everyone needs reminders. Right. And I have a pretty... Um, a pretty strong internal alarm when I'm, something's getting out of whack. And sometimes I want to go la 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 and look the other way like all of us do because who likes conflict? Who likes right. to have a head on? So I can manage it myself, I will. But if I feel that I need to have a conversation with the client, I I do. Right. Um, and that can be about, you know, like one example I'm thinking of is about money where a client owed me money on the job. And um, 
And they and they have like I have to say they live in a different snack bracket than I do. They have a lot, seemingly a lot more money than I do. They certainly live that lifestyle and like to present that lifestyle. Um, we agreed on a job. They had paid a portion of the money. There was a lot more owing. All of my work was done. They said, "Could you please come back and do some touch-ups?" I said, "I would be that they, you know, they had caused some damages by having people in their home." I said, "I'd be happy to, but I need to be paid uh, for my work." And I said to the wife, you are a school teacher. Do you beg your principal for your paycheck at the end of the week? And she said, oh, gosh, no. And I said, why are you asking me to do that? Mm. You know, I've been like family in your home. That's not my job is to become your family, but you've, you know, brought me flowers. You brought me lunches. I did a beautiful job. I went up and above the call of duty and what we'd agreed upon why are you treating me like this in the end? That can't feel good for you either. What, what ultimately happened? What ultimately happened, which is the only case of this in my career, but wow, lessons are expensive, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what ultimately happened is I fa- they left me Andrea Bocelli tickets in their stove, which I thanked them so much for in an email and said, I hope that my bank manager will receive those as my mortgage payment this month. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They they never paid you and they left you instead tickets to yeah, see to see a company. Yeah. <sighs> yes. See, now I think how do you live with yourself when you're that person? How do you look yourself in the mirror and be okay with that? Like integrity is way too important to me. And thankfully, you've been in business a long time. I've been in business a long time. That's happened to both of us about once. Yeah. Maybe twice. Um, and I now took steps to make sure that that can't ever happen again, which is a, a little bit different than how you run uh, your business. But mm-hmm. um, I hope, well, I don't know what I hope for those people. <laughs> I'm sure what I hope for those people. But I love that they put them in the stove. Was it like, like a Yeah, well, that's like rent? a secret thing. Yeah, we, like, we left you a note. And some like payment open the stove? in the like, stove. I'd be afraid there's like a head in there. I watch too much Netflix. Okay, so here's some. So I think of myself also as being a person who has impeccable integrity, but yet um, it can the opportunity to not have integrity can appear out of nowhere. So, for example, we were doing a styling job for a client recently, and they had two carpets in the kitchen: one that went over the sitting area, and one that went in front of the sink. One of the carpets was $7,500, and the other carpet was $2,500. And I mixed them up when I wrote them down. I said that the $2,500 carpet was beside the sink, and the $7,500 carpet was under the sofa. Right. The clients decided to keep the one under the sofa (laughs) and not the one by the sink. And I realized what I'd done, and there was a moment there where I thought, that's 5,000 smackaroos in my pocket. Sure. Right there. Yeah. And I'll never ever know and it was a real like what are you going to do what are you going to do I told her about the mistake she was very grateful I don't know that I got I didn't get a gold star I didn't get some kind I mean I think they should have thrown a dinner for me (laughs) (laughs) because there was a devil definitely on my left shoulder saying keep the cash keep the cash you know stuff goes wrong on every job and you lose money but there were such wonderful people I thought why why would I do that to somebody? Why would I do that to somebody? And I, f- I think so often that designers do that type of thing because they're not charging enough. They're not collecting on what they need to bill for. And so when a situation like that presents itself, they feel justified. But the problem is it's like it's a poison 
it's a poison sure. that rots you as well as your trust and relationship with a client. So integrity is important. I don't think people talk about it enough. Yeah, you know, I think in, I think what came up for you, Kimberly, like, <laughs> you know, you're a dear friend, and we wouldn't be dear friends if integrity wasn't important to both of us. And I think that we would not be human beings if that didn't come up like a doing <laughs> yeah. opportunity, the light bulb's flashing. <laughs> um, and yet, um, that reminds us of who we are. Right. Right? And so... Yeah, we're human beings. We're wired to survive. We're wired to move ahead, to expand, to get better, bigger, get more money, get more stuff. That's how we're wired. And then you make it have a conversation within and say, I couldn't live with myself if I did that. And, you know, even even with the clients that I was talking about, it comes down to what part do I play and what do I own here with those? uh, Sorry to step back. But with that, with those clients, I wrote them a letter and I said, you know what you owe me, you know um, our situation, and this is the last time you'll hear from me about this. Mm-hmm. I hope you choose to pay me, but if you don't, that's over in your world to live with. Yeah. The same with if you had switched up the carpets and you know mm-hmm. and gone ahead right. with it. the person whoever who's going to carry the bag and what's in the bag. If you want to carry a bag of rocks around, carry the bag of rocks around, and that doesn't mean I'm not tempted. But I think those temptations come up more exactly what you're saying when you're not charging a fair price when you don't have sorry for the term, enough balls to ask up front for what you deserve and what's fair. And for all the time that you work on things where you're calling people in your email and you're like, oh, they're going to think I'm cheap if I... No, write it all down and be really up front. And then we don't need to do that stuff. Right. Exactly. So we have to take ownership for um, being whatever part, large or small, of the problem that led to us not getting paid or not being treated fairly or not being valued or whatever. You're really good at self-awareness and self-examination. I That's in a podcast in everyday life, believe me. <laughs> it's a struggle too, right? <laughs> well, the fact, the fact that it doesn't come easy uh, only makes it more worthwhile that you're willing to do it, right? I mean, these things sometimes are challenging. There's no question about it. Yeah, the part I play, right, that, go, that goes back also to the conversation we we're having about when clients are having a crisis. What do I own here? Mm-hmm. What part can I do? And then leaving the rest alone and not feeling guilty. not And again, like right. not worrying, like the people pleaser aspect is like crazy. Me. They're not going to like me anymore. They won't hire me again. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I have, again, this gift in the business world to believe that there's abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... If I know there's abundance, I know that my universe and my God is taking care of me in that aspect. As long as I always do the next right move, Mm -hmm. it will be taken care of. Then there's not a panic to have all my clients like me. Of course, I would love that. Who wouldn't? But if they don't, it's not the end of the world. Right. You know, and that's something else that you and I were talking about recently, too, which is, you know, asking for what we want. Yeah. You know, like for slow on business and that sort of thing. It feels like groveling, doesn't it? You're like one of the only <laughs> people I know who will send an email around and say, I had something fall through and I've got two weeks or I've got a month. Who's got a job? And I will <laughs> always, always try to find you a job. That's why you always get the email. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> there's a few people who have fallen off the list. <laughs> Not fishing in that pond anymore. Exactly. (laughs) But I just admire that so much. And I have never done that for myself. And partly I've never done that for myself because 
I feel embarrassed. Like if I'm such a fancy pantsy designer, I shouldn't be having to ask for work. And yet sometimes you find yourself in a month that it's slow mm-hmm. and it's the perfect opportunity to reach out to people you've known in the past and say, Hey, I have a window of opportunity here. Let's do something. And so what happened recently, this was like a week ago, you reached out and said, Hey, I've got this, um, window here. I was in Croatia on a bike trip. (laughs) (laughs) Got back to the hotel that night. I couldn't sit, of course. So (laughs) (laughs) while I was pacing around in circles. Exactly. And I responded and we did come up with that small job, but you said something else happened, not just my response. Yeah. So, you know, I took a course years ago that's just talked about like just moving your chi or whatever it is that gets moved. But um, this concept that do what you do what you can fully and with joy and then leave it alone. Mm-hmm. So I used to like flog the horse to death and whine and complain within myself. I don't have any work and make it mean a whole bunch of things. But really now I try if something falls through like it did to just send out a few emails. Is there anything I need to clean up? Are there, is there anyone who said, hey, there's this little thing I want you to do that I'm avoiding? Hey, maybe that's part of the reason your cheese blocked right now. Mm-hmm. Go do those things. Get everything cleaned up, tidied up that you can. And that almost always just moves the energy. So I sent an email to you and to two other people. And then I just got proposals to do probably the two largest jobs of my career. I don't know if they're actually going to happen, but I'll tell you, it changed my attitude. Mm -hmm. Whatever, uh uh-oh, I was having is all in possibility again. And really, we Mm -hmm. just want to live in possibility all the time even if it's an illusion. <laughs> so it's part of the secret then to ask, ask, but not have an expectation around the outcome, just to, to ask and know that it doesn't mean anything if you don't get a job. Yeah, because um, I think that when I send out the emails, I'm not asking for work. That's not the actual activity I'm doing. What I'm doing is asking for what I need and um, doing my part so that then I can leave it alone if it turns out to be a job bonus because I know I've done my part. Right. That's so good. All right, we end every episode with something called design intervention, and this is an opportunity for you to share wisdom. It can be completely unrelated to what we just talked about, but some bit of business advice that you think the interior design professional who's listening could really benefit from. Hmm. Um, I would say for business and for personal regular reflection, um, my new guidelines and my new, the way I'm going to do things is good for a period of time. And then I need to reflect and see if that still works. If that's still working for me. I didn't used to ask for deposits. I reflected, I need a 50% deposit. Then something went wrong with that. Now I ask for another installment at 75% of the job being done, you know, constantly reflecting. And that didn't mean the old thing was wrong. That doesn't mean the new thing is right. It's just the new thing. But sitting down and taking some time to see what's not working, what part I'm playing in that, and what difference I could make, I think is a really worthwhile time. So I picture you doing that like in in the in a cross-legged position while floating on a lily pad. Um, and I picture me doing that, sitting at my computer, writing down a list of things I'm going to do. <laughs> um, I so- actually sit cross-legged very uncomfortably. That's not one of my best moves. So. <laughs> But the point is, do you, do you formalize this by writing anything down or do you no. just take a quiet moment and think about it? 
Yeah. And I, and it's not even so much actually setting aside time. It just happens. I go, you know, you know, I have lots of dogs. I go for a dog walk in the forest. I'm sitting outside and I go, Hmm. And just, you know what, just like leaving a blank space for whatever it is that talks to me, whether it's my internal voice, my God, whatever, to have some room to talk where it's quiet inside of me. Um, and some information comes in always. Love it. Um, you mentioned at the top of the show that many of your customers are designers. Yes. What's the most annoying thing designers do that you wish they would stop doing immediately? Um, the most difficult thing is when I work with designers who have challenges being upfront with their clients. It uh, sets up problems for me. So I will say to them, I, I, you know, here's what we're going to do. This is the sample you've chosen. This is the base coat color I need, and I need a 50% deposit. And they kind of grimace and shrink. And I say, why are you doing that? And they say, well, I don't usually ask my client for that. I said, that's okay. You don't have to, but I need that. Right. And uh, so clients, uh, designers who have difficulties having straightforward conversations with the clients, making them sign off on the back of a sample. But what if they don't like it? Well, they have to pick one. It's like wallpaper, but I'm hand creating it on your walls. They, someone has to take some responsibility along here with me. I'm the person who's going to create the thing, but you have to pick what you want me to create. So yeah, that's the most challenging things. What's the second most challenging thing? This is so good. I could do this all day. Oh my gosh. What's the second most challenging <laughs> things? How about not making Hummers and hars. Oh How, my gosh. Gosh. Not making up their minds. Oh my gosh, this is not the end of the world. Make a decision. This beige or that beige? Really? Really? <laughs> like, I think every every designer should have to travel in India and Ethiopia on a trip with me first and then realize, like, it's really not the end of the world. But, you know, I really, you know, and I have respect for the fact people are spending good money. They want to be happy with what they're doing. They don't feel 100% comfortable in that realm of making all these decisions. That's why they've hired a designer. So make a decision for them. Yeah, it's going to put them at ease, right? That is going to put them at ease. Okay, you're the best, everybody. The art studio of Beth Halstead and Company. The art studio of, of Halstead and, and Company. Company. Thank you so much. You're me. so welcome. Yeah, Thank okay, you. painting. What are you doing sitting on the <laughs> Go. What am I paying you for? <laughs> Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.